Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Nikki. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. Yeah, this is the podcast that breaks down the best and worst movies that you can find on streaming services for your listening pleasure. Yep. And you can check us out on social media. Uh, just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. Uh, you can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. And also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Perfect. So, this is officially our season one finale. I know. Of Breakdown from the Couch. I'm yep. pretty stoked about it. Yep. Laura, what movie did we break down this week? Uh, this week we did Independence Day. 1996. Yep. Will Smith. Will Smith, Bill Pullman, all kinds of crazy people. Oh, yeah. So, on IMDb. The summary reads, the aliens are coming, and their goal is to destroy the Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. Yes. So, first impressions. Okay, so now we've watched, I've watched this two and a half times. Shut up. (laughs) I may have fallen asleep when I was initially watching this, because it was like three in the morning. Yeah. And so I had to watch it again. Yep. And for the second half of my second viewing, you watched it with me. I did. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the movie. I loved it when it first came out. My first impression was, like, my dad did not go to movie theaters. Right. He didn't go to the movies. He just waited till it came out and he'd rent it. He legit gathered us up in the car and took us to see this film. Ooh, a treat. In the theater. Nice. Yeah, because he never went. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing the original Disney Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and this movie, and that's it. Nice. Yeah. So for him to have taken us, it was pretty good. Now, this was back in 96. Right. This movie, it holds up. It does. I still yeah. really like this movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's actually one that I've purchased. Oh, nice. And you know me and buying movies. I have to, like, really like it for me to actually spend money on it. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so shall we jump right into the breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so when it opens, it is July 2nd. Yes. And, of course, it goes through, like, seeing the moon and the footprints on the moon and kind of pans towards the earth. Mm -hmm. And we see the kid basically playing putt-putt when he's supposed to be on the clock. Right. And he's listening to, it's the end of the world as we know it. Right. And in that, he hears something that we, no one can tell what it is because none of us know what we're listening for. Exactly. He just knows it's something not good. It's not normal. He knows what he's hearing, but he's like reporting it up the chain and you see all these people get super, super like excited about it and rowdy about it and call so-and-so, call so-and-so. Yeah. It's just kind of really moving up the chain. And -and so-and-so is not at first at all happy about being called in the middle of the night. Right. The first guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, it better be like a hot woman. Right. It wasn't. And see, when he gets It's just aliens. It's fine. It's just aliens. Don't worry about it. It's not like it's Todd. No. So, we cut to the first somebody that gets the phone call mm-hmm. in the room with the putt-putt tech and a woman. Right. And she's telling them that it's like, it's only like 325,000 miles away. So, basically, it's coming from the moon. Right. Which kind of makes sense because of how they panned it out. Basically, you realize mm-hmm. you're seeing what the aliens are seeing as they're coming towards the planet. Yeah. Well, then it cuts to 
some of the, I guess, the Joint Chiefs of Staff or whatever mm-hmm. talking about it, kind of in this war room. Yeah. And he's saying it's a quarter of the size of the moon, and it's not an asteroid, it's not a comet, it's slowing down as it's approaching. Yeah. And that something they mentioned that isn't really played up too much at first is there's massive signal interruption. Right. And you can see that, too, when people are watching TV, it keeps uh, messing like, with, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like when there's a thunderstorm and your right. satellite's being hit, it kind of filters in and out. Exactly. It's a little pixelated. Yeah. Um, and this movie, I have to say, it moves really fast because it's cutting across four to five different storylines. Exactly. That draws them together at the end. Yeah. It's like... It's almost like how R. R. Martin tried to do it, but he took seven books. Oh. This movie took two and a half hours. Yeah. And there was uh, less nakedness. So, True. A lot less nakedness. Um, from there, from that meeting, it cuts to Mr. President. Yep. He's in bed. He gets a call from the First Lady. She's traveling for business. Right. And... It's so cute because yeah. he hands the phone to the little girl and she's like, Daddy, let me watch Letterman. Yeah, he to- she totally narked on him about right? it because he basically told her, like, don't say anything to your mom. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> when my dad said, don't tell your mother, I didn't say Jack. Exactly. Now, he's dead now, so all the stuff he told me I couldn't ever, like, tell her about, I can say whatever I want. Nice. But... <laughs> <laughs> so now she it doesn't some... count now because now she, she knows can't some be mad stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also meet Connie. Yeah. Who is basically, I guess she's some kind of campaign That's manager, a, maybe? Or some kind of publicist? Something like that. You can tell she cares mm-hmm. about, like, what his reputation is. Exactly. Because he was also, when the TV was on, it was on the news talking about They're him. They're just slamming him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. And um, she was talking about how, you know... I think You're it had to do your age, your age. Your policy. Right. Yeah. And see, from here, this is where the Secretary of Defense mm-hmm. calls with news. Yeah. And he basically... And we don't even hear, like, the president's just like, you know, can you repeat that? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd have that reaction to, well, yeah. Mr. President, there's aliens. Yeah. Stop calling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going back to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, call me when you have something, like, really to tell me. Right. Uh, from there, we then jump to a park scene, which I'm assuming is probably Central Park. Mm-hmm. It's David, who is Jeff Goldblum's character. Right. And his father, Cornelius, played by Judd Hirsch, who I, I absolutely I know. love. I love him, too. Okay. So, they're basically playing chess, and Cornelius is telling him, you know, it's been three, four years. You're still wearing your wedding ring. You know, you went to MIT. Why are you a cable repairman? Right. Just all kinds of different well, stuff. Well, and because we find out, you know, the... It's not like his wife had died and that's why he's wearing the wedding ring. Like, they no, got they got divorced. divorced. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, you need to move on. Just because she's <laughs> dead to you? No. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's pretty much, it's like, yeah, it's time to retire the ring. Right. Uh, David checks mate's dad and then he's off to save the planet. <laughs> not yeah. what he so, thinks. He's like, recycle, let's ride a yeah. bike to work. Why are we going to use a cart? Like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right. He's very conscientious about the carbon footprint. Exactly. Um, he gets to work, and it is chaos. Right. Signals are down, and what I thought was kind of funny and kind of a poke at the sci-fi genre yeah. is as he's walking in, one of the other tech guys is on the phone with a customer, and he's like, I know I love X-Files, too. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, trying to comfort this lady about well, losing her satellite I signal. I mean, 1996, though, that was X-Files' That was heyday. kind of the heyday. Yeah. Exactly. So, 
He's kind of ignoring it, though. Everybody else is kind of... He's flashing it. Like, everybody's yeah. freaking out. He's he's educated and he's smart. So he's right. probably looking at it like, it's a simple fix. You're overthinking it. Stop mm-hmm. panicking. Right. And he goes into his office. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Fein, Fein, Feierstein? Feinstein? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, from This Is Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he plays one of the best comic relief characters in this film, Yeah, too. definitely. And we cut again. New storyline. Mm-hmm. We are in um, the RV with Miguel and the kids. Yep. And a farmer comes up. I think his name was Lucas. And he's yeah. like, look at these crops. If your dad's not there in 20 minutes, I'm hiring somebody else. Right. Because we find out that the dad is a crop duster. And he's dusting the wrong crops. Mm-hmm. Because he's, <laughs> and he's also piloting an airplane drunk. Drunk, for sure. And I got to thinking about it. Mm-hmm. This character is drunk as a skunk constantly. Yeah. And he's flying, both taking off and landing an airplane. Yeah. On a daily basis. Sober, he had to be a hell of a pilot to do it. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Miguel goes off looking for his dad. Finds him. Finds him. And, well, what I like is is he's, you know, riding his motorcycle, and you see uh, his dad, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, he's drunk as hell. And he's spraying crops, but like you said, we find out, like, no, those are the wrong crops. And that's what he tells his dad after he's, like, landed. It's like, yeah, those are the wrong, it's the wrong crops. Oh, what is it? Lucas's farm is on the other side Side of of town. town. Yeah. And you can tell Miguel is just fed up. Like. Well, and you see the family, too, because he, whenever (laughs) The family that doesn't speak English. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but he also, whenever he, like, lands his his plane, plane, it's like. Basically in the middle of, like, the road. Yeah. It's not like he landed, like, on an airstrip somewhere. Well, if you think about it, there probably wasn't an airstrip anywhere. No, that's probably true. But, yeah, so <laughs> I, I just like what's-his-name's response because he's drunk and it's kind of like, oh. Are you sure? Yeah, are you sure? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay, so from there we jump back to Connie. She's fielding questions probably from a couple of the press secretaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that's probably their function in the White House. Right. And I love the fact that she's getting the elevator. She's like, would I keep stuff from you guys? And they're, they're both like, like yeah. yes. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yep. Um, she steps into a cabinet meeting. And it's basically the general, secretary yep. of defense, secretary, president, yeah. a couple of other people, and Connie. Yeah, and they're kind of, they're trying to figure out, kind of like, okay, is this really aliens? Or is what it a is threat this? or not? Is right. what it really boils down to. And they right. find out, the general says, well, it's breaking apart and it's entering the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So it's gone from a signal on the radio to an object in space. Now okay. it's coming down to Earth and Into people are going to start panicking and there's no way to hide it now. Yeah. There's, like, if it had just been, oh, there's this alien ship hanging out in the atmosphere, they could have hidden that from the public. No That's one would know about that. That is true. But because it's entering the atmosphere, now they're going to have to deal with massive panic. Yeah. Which is... What happens. Exactly. I mean... So we cut to uh, the military plane. Mm-hmm. They have... Uh, they've retrofitted this helicopter with these light panels. So it's like a flying light bright looking thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, light bright was the best. It was. And they basically send it up to one of these ships, and these lights are flashing back and forth across the panel. They're trying to initiate some kind of contact. Right. Hopefully engage in some kind of communication. And they do, but it's not the one they're hoping for. Yeah. They blow the helicopter out of the sky. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it, for whatever reason, it pisses off the mothership thing. Right. So. But. Uh, hold on. 
There was something else, though. They sent a plane in first to try and get a look at it. Oh. Remember? Because they're, the plane's flying in, and because it's entering the atmosphere, of course, it's all on fire. Right. Because it's, like, hitting that speed yeah. barrier. Yeah. And the plane doesn't see that it's an actual ship until it's too late. So that's the plane that goes down first. Oh, that's right, right, right. Okay. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, no, you're good. My fault. My notes are a little confusing even for me. So, from there, they're trying to evacuate the White House. They're trying to get everybody out, everybody, like, to a safe place, to NORAD. But Whitmore says he's staying. Yeah. He doesn't want to, like, add to the panic. Because we haven't gotten to the part yet where the other ships have started showing up in the other cities yet, right? Not yet. Okay. They know that that's where they're going, but they right. haven't started showing up Okay, yet. and then, like you said, yeah, he's said, like, yeah, no, we're not, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're not leaving. We're yes. getting back to David. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where David has located the signal. Mm-hmm. So it's taken him, like, minutes to figure out what's happening while everybody else was freaking out. Right. And he says it's reducing as it's recycling, so it'll be gone in a few hours anyway. Mm-hmm. And from there, we cut again. Right. Now we're back with Russ. He's in a diner. Yep. And those three jerks are going on and on about how the aliens basically, like... Did a bunch of butt stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was some butt stuff that they did to to uh, Russell. Exactly. Well, because, yeah, Russell, you know, has said, like, oh, yeah, you know, I was abducted by aliens. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. When he was a pilot in Nam. Mm-hmm. But this is where you see the public really find out that these things are here and they're back. Yeah. Well, to Russell, they're back. They're back, right. So now he's freaking out because these are the same things that, like, tortured him and somehow right. decided just to let him go. We're jumping again. Yeah. New storyline. <laughs> Steve and Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So this is Will Smith and Vivica A. Fox's characters. Yep. They've got little Dylan. And what starts out as, you know, Dylan pops into, like, the bedroom, and he's like, hey, guys, wake up. And then he runs away. And the mom's like, it's too early, you know, to, yeah. you know. And we, we find out later. As the ship is rolling <laughs> in, it actually, like, throws... Yeah, this massive shadow over everything. Right, and then there's shaking, so they assume it's an earthquake. It's like an earthquake because it's California. And she's like, it's not even a four pointer. Go back. To yeah, sleep. go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So Steve gets up, and he's taking a leak in the morning, and he's looking out the window, and the neighbors are moving, and he's blaming the earthquake. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at these neighbors, man. They can't handle it. There's a little shaking and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also the dog. I want to make sure we mention yes. there is a dog. It is a Labrador, and it it's is. adorable. It is. They named it Boomer. Yep. Um, so then he steps out to get the paper. Right. And he looks up, and suddenly he realizes everybody's packing their mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, what's going Everybody, on? And it's not like, hey, we're going to go on a camping trip. Right. Let's beat the traffic. It's everybody, everybody. is in, like, blind panic, throwing, like, useless shit in the back of a van, mm-hmm. leaving. Exactly. And that's when he looks up. Well, I feel like we skipped a part, though. Which one? So, before they got to, like, Cal- you know, before the things showed up in L.A. and Washington, D.C., like, they had shown up in Iraq. Uh, they had shown mm-hmm. up in other places first. Yeah, they were... Yes, there was a bit of a montage. Mm-hmm. I remember now what you're talking about. Yeah, so before they got to L.A. and Washington, D.C. and stuff like that... First of all, we see, I want to say it was Iraq. People oh, were Middle watching East. it. It was yeah. the Middle East, and it was like, oh, shit, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you see on the news, which is what 
they were worried about was going to cause the panic because in Russia it was causing panic because one of them mm-hmm. showed up. And then that's whenever they were talking about in the office, like, is this going to cause you a know, massive panic? Panic, yeah. And she was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, probably. And, and so, it's all the major cities. So right. it's like D.C., New York, and L.A. And L.A. And right. then, of course, major cities in other countries all over the world. Exactly. Moscow. Right. Um, Paris, they mentioned. Paris, they mentioned someplace in India. Yep. Like, all over the place. All over the place. Mm-hmm. And so, but now we've gotten to the point where, okay, it's showing up in L.A. Yeah. And this is where the Steve and Jasmine storyline mm-hmm. really kind of takes off. Yep. Well, after we see a glimpse of the neighbors, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Jasmine comes out and she drops the coffee. Yeah. And the Dylan, little Dylan, is just mm-hmm. adorable because he's fighting the aliens. Yeah, he said, that's right. what he said, too. I'm fighting the aliens. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going back to sleep. Right. <laughs> So we're jumping back to David, mm-hmm. and he's saying, he actually calls Connie. Right. She's at a press conference because they're trying to address everybody, telling everybody to stay in your home. Yeah, don't, don't panic. panic. It's going to yeah. be okay. We're going to figure it out. Connie's pissed. Yeah. She's like, why are you calling me? Well, this the, is where you find out they right. used to be married. Yeah. So he's basically trying to tell her. You need to leave the White House now. You need to, not just the White House, you need to leave town. Well, yeah. You've got to get out of there. Yeah. It's, and before he can really explain what's going on, she hangs up on him. Right. Yeah. So then we cut to where we see another montage. Mm-hmm. It's chaos in the streets. Exactly. Everybody's running around. Because it's one of those things where the last thing you see is the president Whitmore saying, everybody just stay calm. If you right. feel like you need to leave these cities, please do so in an orderly fashion. Yeah, that shit's not That's not how work. stuff went down. No. Um, and you see, like, people throwing stuff out windows mm-hmm. and, like, massive traffic jams. And they said it caused, like, 10,000 fender benders in, like, 30 minutes or something. Well, and they showed, like, like, as the ship was approaching, people getting into the fender benders. Yeah, because they, were, they like, were looking at the ship right. versus where they were going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We cut back to Steve. He is dressed in uniform. You find out he's an Air Force pilot. Right. He's getting ready to go into report for duty because they've called everybody back in. Yeah, because originally he was supposed to have off for 4th of July. Mm-hmm. But like you said, now they've called everybody back in. And he's not worried about it. He's telling Jasmine, you know, don't worry about it. It's it's not going to be a big deal. It'll be fine. I do want to point something out. Yeah. Before this, Will Smith was... Almost exclusively known for Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince Bel-Air. And also for his rapping, too, because he started... Exactly. He started rapping, actually, before he became Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. So. But in this film, initially, you don't see Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. You see this straight-laced, not a lot of smiles, mostly attitude, right. hyper-focused Captain Hiller. Yeah. And I just thought that was a real kind of breakaway from... Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the main reasons he avoided being pigeonholed, pigeonholed, excuse me, well, into a certain kind of character. And I mean, that's just it, though. This movie is what made him a movie star. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. I have stuff to talk about when we get done. Yeah. Um, but he's, she's picking a fight with him. She's showing a whole lot of, you know, that bobby neck thing mm-hmm. that we women do when we're mad. Exactly. Because she's like, why are you being like this? Right. And she throws open the window and she's like, duh, yeah, son of a yeah, bitch. Exactly. Look. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pretty damn ominous, you know? Like, it, this doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. So, he basically says, look, calm down. It's going to be fine. Just to prove it, you pack up Dylan and comes to me on the base, which right. is called El Toro. Yeah. Okay. We cut back to David again. 
We do this a lot. Yeah. He is knocking on his dad's door. This mm-hmm. is where you're seeing more of the chaos, more of the craziness, because he's on a bike. Yeah. Which was actually smart if you think about it. It was smart. <laughs> he was actually able to get through all the, the crazy traffic. Exactly. Knocks on the door. Cornelius greets him with a shotgun mm-hmm. because there's been looters. Well, I can't say it. Yeah. I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, I would. And basically, Dave is like, hey, Dad, can I get a ride to save the world? It's like, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> because uh, he was like, I need to bum the car. And he's like, you can't drive. You don't have a license. He goes, no, you're driving. Mm-hmm. So we cut again. Now the first lady is at her press conference. And the president what president saying, you need to come home. Yeah. Forget the conference. Get on the plane. Come home. Exactly. She refuses. She wants to stay and, like, defend his decisions and... Whatever. All of that jazz. So she stays. We're back to Russ and Miguel. Right. And they... Russ got arrested. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when he saw the aliens, he lost his stuff. Yeah, he did. Got smashed, and he's screaming and carrying on in the middle of the street about how they're back, they're gonna kill us all. Right. So, yeah, he got arrested for it, mm-hmm. but they immediately let him go because, like he said, they have bigger fish to fry than, exactly. than me right now. But as soon as Miguel saw him on the news, he's like, pack up, we're going. Yeah. Packs up the younger brother, Troy, goes and pulls the sister out of a car yep. with Andrew freaking Keegan. Keegan, I know. <laughs> I know, that's a blast from Who past. was, like, trying to talk her into having sex. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't want to die a virgin. Do you? Do you? Yeah. So... And it's like this whole unrequited teenage love thing because Miguel opens the door. He's like, let's go. She's like, no. He pulls her out of the car and she looks at the boy like, bye. Yeah. And then he drags her back to the RV. Pretty sure that he dies. (laughs) Probably. R.I.P. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like his career. Just saying. But they, as they're going back to the RV to leave... Russ comes stumbling down the street, and that's when you find out they didn't yeah. keep him yeah, because they had other there's shit. too much else going on. Yeah. From there, we go back. Now we're at the Air Force Base, El Toro. Right. We get to meet, we see Steve, and then we get to meet Jimmy, yep. who's played by Harry Connick Jr. Yay. I, this might have been like the first movie he did, I think. No, he did Memphis Bell before that. Oh, okay. That was a good movie, too. I didn't see that. So, as far as I'm concerned... He it's, plays Jimmy first. Okay. And <laughs> this is what I found really interesting, and I didn't realize it until I watched it recently. Uh-huh. All that Fresh Prince, comic relief, cartoonish right. stuff that we expected out of Will Smith, Jimmy's the one providing it. That's true. He's, like, making voices and cracking jokes mm-hmm. and being highly inappropriate. Like, right. that's his deal. Well, and here's the, and what we find out, he, um, turns out, hey, the mail is still running, and so mm-hmm. he got a letter from NASA. Steve did. Steve yeah. Steve did. And unfortunately, he was rejected, I guess, is from the astronaut program? Yes. Yeah. He wants to go into space. Right. What I loved about this movie is the little pieces of comic timing that don't mm-hmm. overwhelm the rest of the story. Like, when he drops the ring. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy's already on one knee because he's making cracks about, mm-hmm. you know, kissing butt to kissing get around. Kissing butt, yeah. And he's like, dude, this is a wedding ring. And the way he holds it up yeah. and then the other guy comes around the corner. And then, yeah, the other guy's like, I have to go. <laughs> no, he kind of puts his hand up and surrender like, you know what, just pretend I was never here. Can we talk about that ring? 
It's ugly. It is. Like, I, okay, I have a thing she, for dolphins. I love them. They're beautiful. That it is just, a hideous ring. It was a hideous ring. And just because you love dolphins, you don't want to wear it on your, you know, finger no. every day. I have, like, the only, one of the only real pieces of jewelry I have is a mm-hmm. white gold ring. It's got, like, a little line of diamonds. And it's got, like, this really cute little dolphin motif. Yeah. But it's... Not ugly. It's not it just a, looks like a ring. Well, and it's not an engagement ring either. Exactly. You know, if it, if you're engaged, you don't want that to be your engagement ring. Like, I don't know which ring is worse. That one? Uh-huh. Or, like, the Twilight engagement ring? I didn't watch Twilight, so I don't it's, know. It looks like a bedazzled Jumba. Oh, okay. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be real. Um, which... You should probably have, like, a top ten of, like, worst... Oh, God. <laughs> worst uh, movie jewelry ever. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so, okay, he wants to propose, of course, to Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So. And I love the fact that Jimmy's like, dude, I love Jasmine, but you're never going to go into space if you marry a stripper. That's true. Which is accurate. Yeah. Because you get to... You get into the space program. Mm-hmm. That's almost as much politics as skill. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, from here, we're jumping to the strip club. Yep. Jasmine is a stripper. She is. She looks like she's doing pretty good at it, but she realizes no one's watching her on the stage. Well, yeah, because they're watching the TV about the aliens. Everybody's watching the news about the aliens. So, I love how she goes from, like, her slinky-dinky, like, climbing up the pole stuff Mm -hmm. to, like, the little... Yeah. Cuban shuffle. Yeah. Just kind of like it's going like, through the motion. Might as well. It's like, I ain't making any money. So. Exactly. So she storms into the back and she's like stabbing her hair extensions and like pinning them in place with a little yeah. mannequin. And she said something about, I came to get my check. I got talked into working. Yeah. And we meet Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany is all for the aliens. She's so excited. She's like, after work, I'm going to, you I'm know. I'm going to the rooftop party that's on the news. Yeah. And she's like, she made a sign that says, welcome home aliens or something like that. Or welcome to earth or something. Yeah. And Jasmine being the mothering, like, type that she is in this movie. Yeah, don't say that. don't do it. Promise you're not going. Well, she breaks that promise. She totally breaks that promise. (laughs) So, uh, we cut again. Now David calls Connie a second time. Mm -hmm. He has used his mad MIT computer skills to hack her signal and find out where she is in the White House. So, yeah, to become, like, a stalker, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was, like, high-tech stalking before anyone could do it. True. Once they download a program off the internet. Yeah. So, he calls. He's like, hi, honey. You know, look yeah. at us. We're right out here. We need to talk to you. It's important. Right. So, she finally brings them in. And this is where we see the helicopter nightlight. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, darkness has fallen, and they're doing, like, the... The thing, and they end up shooting the helicopter down. We've already kind of talked about that. Right. Um, Whitmore and David have a history. Yeah, they do. So we find out that, uh, you know, Connie lets everybody, you know, lets uh, basically, what's his name's dad, you know, know. Like, yeah, he punched uh, Whitmore in the head at one point. Yeah. You punched the president? He wasn't the president at the time. He's like... Calm down, Dad. Yeah. I'm not in jail. Exactly. And then Connie was like, yeah. And he did it because he thought that I was cheating with him when I right. wasn't. Yeah. You know, so. So there was just, that makes any sense between David and Connie, but it makes it a whole nother level of awkward yeah. between David and Whitmore. Exactly. Whitmore agrees to see him, right. even if it's just for a minute. Yep. And this is where David breaks the news that the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. This They've is a got, countdown. Yeah. They got like, what, 30 minutes? 
Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. Yeah, basically the multiple hours that David expected to have, they right. spent driving to D.C. Exactly. So, at that point, helicopter's been blown up. These people, are, these things are not going to be friendly. No. Whitmore says evac everyone. Everybody. Get everybody yep. out, get everybody safe. Um, and in the process of that is when the they really kick into high gear because this is where the attacks start happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we find out the president's helicopter leaves first to go to the airstrip. The rest right. of the cabinet is in helicopter two. Yeah, right? Helicopter two doesn't get very far. They don't make it. <laughs> um, you see, right before everything really starts happening really mm-hmm. fast, it kind of goes back and shows you snapshots of where everybody is. Right. President and everybody's evacuating the White House. First Lady's trying to get on the road, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmine is stuck in traffic with yep. Dylan and the dog. Right. Tiffany's on the roof. Yeah. And Tiffany's uh, the first to go. Deservedly, I think. Yeah. So that's just it. So... <laughs> So after the helicopter blows up... Oh, and uh, the one guy's in his car talking to, like, his oh, yeah. psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, we've got Tiffany on the roof. Yeah. Everybody's partying. Oh, yeah, you know, the aliens I are I hope here. they bring back Elvis! Yeah, that one bitch. <laughs> that, like, that's, that's more of, like, a natural selection situation. Uh, yeah. You know? Smartest and strongest mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then all of a sudden you see this blue light, which if I'm seeing that, it's like, okay, this is a bad thing. I have to this is, go. Yeah. Um, but really, where are you going to go now? Well, yeah. You're I mean, at that point, you're in a position yeah. where it's either going to be really good or really bad, depending right. on what kind of aliens you're talking about. So, yeah, basically the building that Tiffany is on top of explodes because of the aliens. It's like the Empire State Building yeah. in New York. Yep. So that so, goes first. I thought it was kind of ironic it's bright blue light. Right. And once it opens up and you start seeing the light, suddenly everyone goes from cheering and ruckus to quiet and they're just looking at it. Yeah. And Tiffany says the word so pretty. Mm-hmm. They've basically become human malls to the bug zapper. That's Do you true. Know what I mean? That is true. <laughs> it's the blue light. <laughs> they run towards it instead of away from it. Right. And they end up zapped and vaporized to a million people. Exactly. So that was the first thing that happened, and now yes. shit has gotten real. Now, that was the first one that we see. The next is the one that's over the White House. Yeah. The White House is vaporized. Yep. The president's plane, he's gone, but the second helicopter doesn't mm-hmm. make it off the lawn, like you said. Right. Then we've got Jasmine sitting in traffic in Los Angeles. Right. And she, is she in Los Angeles? Yeah. So it wasn't the Empire State Building, because no. Tiffany was in L.A. too. Right. My apologies. My mistake. Yeah. Um, but the Empire State Building is the one that was it hit is. in New York, and that's where we see um, all of the uh, the fire. Yep, Mr. Firestone's character yeah. is basically killed by a fall. Yeah, he car. gets vaporized. Yeah. Basically, um, I really like the sequence because you know me. Mm-hmm. I like I talk about how um, cool people have like the worst lives ever because one <laughs> thing goes wrong in their day and their whole day's blown. Right. But slightly dysfunctional individuals, when shit hits the fan, we kind of step to the left to avoid the spray. That's true. That's what Jasmine is because she sees it coming. Mm-hmm. She jumps out of her car, yeah. grabs the kid, runs, and instead of running down the tunnel where the mm-hmm. fire's going straight through, she kicks in a door. Right. To like a maintenance hatch. Yeah. And yeah. she hangs out with the kid and the dog in there. Yeah, well, the dog, by the way, barely makes it. Yeah, but they can't kill the dog. I know. 
I mean, well, that's just it. it's I was, 1996. You don't kill animals in the I was worried yet. that they were going to kill the dog because she just <laughs> left the dog there. True, but he made it. He did. Um, you see the First Lady's helicopter goes down. Mm-hmm. And you assume nobody survived. And then it's kind of like this dust-settling moment. You see Air Force One just barely makes it out. The barely. The right underneath them. Oh, yeah. But they're barely. already in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Then it kind of blacks out for a minute, and when it screen comes back up, it says July 3rd. Yeah. So that's basically the whole Act 1 in a nutshell. So on July 3rd, we're getting updates. It's on the plane. They're talking about all the major cities are gone, Mm -hmm. where these things were. We see the RV caravan. Right. Kind of everybody's traveling together. Yep. And this is where Russ and Miguel and the kids are. Yeah. And it's just this transient community mm-hmm. that we're just, I guess they did a max exodus at the same time. Which if you think about it, that was kind of the way to go. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of, I mean, honestly, it looks like a bunch of guys like Russ with, like, kids and stuff, right. and then, like, snowbirds and retirees. Exactly. So, <laughs> everybody's in this big RV caravan. Well, and but they're, like, traveling, it almost looks like across the desert, because it's not yeah. like they're on, like, a... They're, hot, they're not on any road. Right. Um, we cut to the back to the plane. The president is sick with guilt because he could have ordered an evacuation hours earlier, and he didn't. Which, even if he had that many How much people... have really done. Exactly. That's my thing, like... With the panic that ensued, how much good it would have really done. Right. We find out Jasmine survived. Yes. Dylan's alive. Boomer's alive. Yep. And she finds... Um, are we there yet? Not yet. Okay. No. <laughs> so it actually cuts back at this point to Steve. Yeah. He's going to war and Jimmy's going with him. Yep. And I love how they're sitting in the little briefing room. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's like, are you scared? The guy's like, no. Jimmy's like, me neither. And he's like, hold me. Yeah. Like, just being yeah. <laughs> obnoxious little shit. Exactly. Um, and you still see, you don't see the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, no. Adam Will Smith. You still see Captain Hilliard. Yeah. And he's like, pay attention. Yeah, exactly. And then he gets in trouble. <laughs> right. Which I can relate because you and I took a psychology class together. Yeah. And every time you and the other little miss started chatting, chatting up and jacking around, I'd get in trouble for you. Yep. So, um, they talk about there's this shielding around them. Right. And then we get into the dogfight. Yeah. Like the aerial dogfight. These pilots are in the air. They're trying to basically shoot these guys down, and they can't. They can't, yeah, because they have, like, some sort of protective shield around the mother. Exactly. It's basically like the mothership that exactly. they're trying to take down. But it's not just, well, it's not the mothership. It's just one of the bigger ships. Oh, okay. It's like the city destroyers. But even the little, like, their little fighter jet flying saucer things, Mm -hmm. they have the shielding, too. So there's really not a way to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, So they call a retreat because the pilots are just dying off left and right. Right. Steve and Jimmy end up being the only two that we know survive. And they're flying down this canyon. They're being chased by the aliens. Jimmy tries to bank going too fast. Yeah. And he ends up dead. Or as Will said, no! Jimmy, no! Jimmy, no! Right? Yeah. Um, and f- uh, you actually see a couple of seconds where it shows the little flying saucers actually hitting the base. Yeah. So the El Toro is gone. Yeah. Jimmy's dead. Jimmy's dead. And 
Well, because uh, Hiller doesn't find that out later about the... He finds that out later about the base, and the right. base is gone. Um, but he ends up doing what I call the canyon run, because they were yeah. just flying, like, up and above and side to side. Yeah, he's trying to lose around. them. Uh, he, at one point, hits the chute on the back of his jet. Right. Which blinds the alien aircraft. Yeah. He and, ejects yep. and lets his plane crash into the side of Okay, of that's a multi-million dollar jet. Okay, but at this point, who cares? True, there's none at the base that's <laughs> Nobody's gonna, gonna, like, gonna add it to his tab. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he ejects, he's, he clears it, the alien ends up actually wrecking his flying saucer. Right. Uh, and one of the most iconic lines in this entire movie. Yeah. Is after Steve gets up, this is where you see that Will Smith come out. Mm -hmm. It's, look at you, you suck, like he's just carrying on about this. I'm gonna lay all your friends out right beside you. Gets up there, opens this flying saucer. Scary tentacle alien thing comes out, and he literally just sucker punches it, and is like, "Welcome to Earth." Yeah, that, which, like I said, okay, so he sucker punches this alien, and it takes mm-hmm. out this alien like nothing. It's Hollywood. I know, but it was a, it was literally a punch, and a poorly aimed and timed one. Yeah, but it's still Hollywood. But it was enough, apparently, for this alien to... The alien could have already had, like, a pr- an injury from the crash itself. A head itself. injury, yeah. That's, what it, that's probably what it its was. Its head is the majority of its body. Uh, well, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so, like you said, so he punches the alien. Welcome to Earth. And then it cuts again. Yep. Now it's back to Jasmine. She finds, like, this big, like, dump truck-looking thing. Yeah. And magically the keys are, you know, like she finds the, the keys are, you know, in the visor, which is something that This movies, Los Angeles, I with know. the gangs and the crime and everything else, nobody's leaving keys in the freaking no. visor of a dump truck. Nobody should be leaving keys in the visor anywhere. Even True. if you live out in the middle of nowhere, don't be leaving your keys in the damn car. Right? Um, we cut again... Russ and his family are on the move with the rest of the caravan. Yeah. And they're kind of, like, talking a little bit back and forth. Troy ends up getting an upset stomach, which yeah. is the younger son. Yeah. Oh, pull and... over, Dad. And, yeah, he vomits. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Cornelius is on Air Force One with David. Well, we find and out David... And Connie. Well, we find out David is not a good flyer. He gets airsick. Even on Air Force One, which Even Cornelius on, is like, really? We're on Air Force One. We can One. go up, we can go down, we can go sides. He, yeah. He had to. <laughs> any, okay. Anybody would know that that's not going to help a person who's already sick. It's almost intentional. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't happen, he doesn't crack a grin when David goes to puke again. Right, exactly. Um, He's but, puking in fancy Air Force One bags. Right. <laughs> But Cornelius and Connie actually have that heart-to-heart where he's talking about how... He still loves you. He still loves you. You still love him. And she's like, love was never the problem. Right. You know, it's like... And then I love his... It's like, you know, John Lennon, you know, said that... um, All you need is love. And then he's like, he was a smart man until he was, you know, shot in the... uh, (laughs) I can't say shot in the back. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. (laughs) Like, she she doesn't know. Yeah. (laughs) She just was kind of looking at him like, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, Whitmore walks in, and they're talking about nuclear options at this right, point. Right, right. And all of a sudden, you find out from the general, NORAD's gone, which mm-hmm. is like the nuclear hub 
of our government. Right. Well, they were the ones who figured out that aliens are coming. Well, it's not just that. Nor it is where they sent everyone. Right. So vice president, cabinet members, Congress, anyone that they got there for safety Mm -hmm. is now wiped off the map as well. Right. Then uh, Cornelia, there's more of a, like an argument going on between like David and this Nimziki, who is a secretary of defense, because he's really, really pushing these nukes hard. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, we can't do that. And David's saying, we can't do that because then everybody's going to start shooting off their nukes and then it's going to be like a... Exactly. Yeah. You're going to kill them and us. Yep. And Nimziki's like, get this guy out of here. And that's where Cornelius pops up and he's like, you don't get to talk to him like that. Yeah. He's saved all of you. He saved all of you. Uh, and you knew about this. Area 51. Yeah. And they're all like, dude, that doesn't... no. It's... Well, David is saying that, basically. David and, the, and Whitmore yeah. are like, yeah, that's not a thing. There's no and never has been in Area 51. And then Nimziki's <laughs> like, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> Which... I'm sorry, in a position of a presidency, mm-hmm. if my secretary of defense pulls that move, his ass is getting thrown out the plane because you just wasted everybody's time. Right. How many people died because you didn't speak up when exactly. you knew aliens existed? <laughs> like, this is something you should have brought to my attention yeah. six um, hours ago. Yeah, or a while ago. Or longer. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. Nope. Which made me kind of mad. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, I'm not a vengeful, spiteful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, from here, it cuts back to Jasmine again, and she's been picking up survivors along the way. Right. And she ends up finding the first lady. And I like what you say about the dog. Yeah. So the first lady is, she's laying there. She's obviously hurt. Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of, um, I, it's, it's like probably, the door to the helicopter. Yeah. And it's laying on top of the first lady. Well, the dog comes up and stands on top of the door on the first lady. And barks in her face. And barks in her face. <laughs> I'm like, that's some shit my dog would do. Exactly. Because before we even started <laughs> recording, she's chewing on the leg of the chair I'm sitting in. I know, right? Now she's so, just laying there. Exactly. <laughs> So we're cutting back to Steve again. Mm-hmm. Now he's walking in the desert with the smelly alien in his parachute. Yeah. And he's mad. Yeah. We're seeing more of the Will Smith come out from Fresh Prince. Yeah, and he's kicking the alien and, you know, driving. I could have been at a barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then he looks up and he realizes he the, caravan's the caravan's coming. Yep. And, of course, Russ is the one that stops mm-hmm. and asks him if he needs a ride. Yep. I would have not offered him a ride without looking in the parachute first, well, but they did. Yeah. Where else were they going to go? Right? I guess. And this is where he basically directs them to the base that right. is Area 51, Roswell, Nevada, yeah. not New Mexico. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, whatever. We all know it's in New Mexico. Right? <laughs> Hell, Vegas is a weird place. They could That's be true. walking among us and we'd never know. It's true. Uh, so this is where Whitmore and crew... Basically, yeah. tour Area 51. And yeah. we meet the Harry Scientist. Yeah. Data from Star Trek. <laughs> but in this movie, he's called Dr. Oaken. Nice. He's really excited because he's talking about... And I love the fact that there's a Baldwin. He's not one of the Baldwins, no. but I like this guy better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been in Serenity, Firefly. He's done all of these different character work type things. Right. I see him in damn near everything. Nice. From the 90s. And I absolutely love this actor. 
I like how he's like, no, we have to keep this room static free with all the technology. And they're like, just open the damn door. Yeah. And he's yeah. kind of like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> down the walkway they go. Um, and then they end up going and looking at the spaceship that crashed in right. the 50s. And Dr. Oaken is going on and on about how excited he is. Because mm-hmm. all the lights and the twinkling have started coming on. <laughs> <laughs> and Whitmore gets cops an attitude. He's like, how can you call it exciting? Do you know how many people have died in the last six hours? Right. And it's like, you guys have had this for like 40 years or something like that. And, and it's was, still not, you know, working. Yeah. And he was getting in, like laying into Nimziki. How could you right. not say something? Exactly. Well, plausible deniability, Mr. President. Yeah. And that's why no. it's blatantly obvious this guy is a pencil pusher mm-hmm. who wanted to climb a ladder. Yep. He didn't have any backbone to back it up. Right. Then they take the president and company to the freak show. Yeah. Which are three aliens in a jar. Yeah. It's like, what, they're exoskeletons or something that are in this? No, they've taken the exoskeletons off. Oh, okay, okay. So these are what the aliens look like outside of it. And they call it a a biomechanical suit of armor. That's, That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and as Dr. Ogan is explaining, he's talking about how they don't have vocal cords. Right. They communicate some other way. And David's like, oh, body language or, or this. hand gestures. gestures. And or, yeah. Dr. Ogan's like, mm, telepathically, a sixth sense, like yeah. ESP. Right. So from here, Whitmore's talking back and forth, and he talks about how David found the signal. Mm-hmm. And he basically wants David to do a show and tell to Dr. Oaken, who gets all excited because what <laughs> yeah. signal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably don't get a lot of news in Area 51. Right. So. Uh, the caravan has arrived at Area 51. Yep. And at first, the guy is not wanting to let Will You don't have the clearance. Yeah, exactly. Is what you he tells Will Smith. And then that's whenever he opens up the parachute. And, and he goes, you want to see my clearance? clearance? Come here. Yeah. And so there's the alien. So needless to say, the guy lets like, him, let him through. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be around this damn thing. And I love how the actor at the end is all the RVs are driving in. He looks at the other guard. He's like, did you see that? Yeah. And I loved it. The guy's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you not? So this is where Stephen Whitmore meets. And, you know, it was a quick shake hands. Hey, I, right. you know, I'm glad you didn't die, pilot, and moving on. Yeah. And then Steve steps to the general. Mm-hmm. He says, I need to get back to El Toro. That's when he finds out El Toro's, El Toro's gone. gone. Yep. Wiped off the map. And now he's wondering, you know, if Jasmine and her son were there. Because if she'd left when she mm-hmm. was supposed to instead of going to work, yep. they would have been there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so now, yeah, he doesn't know, like, if they made it or not. Exactly. Jasmine arrives at El Toro. And she thinks, obviously, that he she was there. She thinks Steve was there. Yeah. And the place is just decimated. And then this is where she kind of has a heart-to-heart with the First Lady a little bit. Um, um, not just yet. Not yet? Not just yet, because okay. it actually cuts back to the aliens. Oh, okay. Crash. My bad. Yeah. So, they brought the alien right. to Area 51, and it's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, turned out the Sucker Punch doesn't kill the exoskeleton. Shocker. Right. <laughs> so, they're, like, cutting it open. And do you remember that scene... In well, they basically the old family Christmas. Yeah, where they where pull he's in the turkey, the turkey yeah, and it, it like explodes. opens up. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what the thing did, and it made me jump, and it, it did. still does. Yeah. If I watch this movie and I forget, like right. that's how it happens. Well, yeah, they basically fillet this thing open. They cut it open and just. But they get to a certain point and it just pops. Yeah. Like a popcorn kernel, and they start cutting through the gooey bits. Mm-hmm. 
and you realize that this alien is not asleep anymore. It no. is moving. Yep. Its hands are twitching. Exactly. And then it pops up and starts killing everybody. Yeah. Well, it starts off, like, first with uh, the doctor or whatever. It sends off, I guess, like a signal where it makes their head. Remember how they said it was like they communicate telepathically? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what it's doing. But it was causing issues, you know, it was hurting the doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From there, uh, E.T. E.T. I call it E.T. the ventriloquist. Okay. Because he has that thing wrapped around Dr. Oaken's head and he's got him pressed against the wall and he's making him talk. Right. So. I can think of a better thing to call it. Right. And I love that. Is that glass bulletproof? Mm-hmm. No, sir. And then it's just the firing squad. I thought that was fantastic. Bless you. <laughs> um, because while this alien is making Dr. Oaken talk, he actually connects telepathically to Whitmore. Whitmore, right. And basically, Whitmore sees what they do every time they come to yep. a new planet. And they basically say they're like locusts. They go from one area to the next, you know, destroying everything. Yeah. They, uh, what is it? They use all the natural resources. Yep. And then move on. Yep. Their whole civilization does this over and over again. Exactly. So this is where they decide they're going to nuke them. Mm-hmm. Because Whitmore sees there's no other option. They're not going to stop. There's no compromise. Right. So David starts drinking. Mm-hmm. Because Big he time. is trying to save the world. And they're going to basically turn it into another Chernobyl exactly. over Houston. Yep. <laughs> um, so he and Connie are actually, David and Connie are having this conversation in the kitchen. Right. She's trying to, basi- they're basically kicking up old ghosts. Yeah, they are. You know, um, you know, I loved you. It was never the problem. I wanted to do something with my life. Didn't mm-hmm. you want to be part of something special? And David, like, slams that ball down. He said, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was part of something special. Which is like, ugh, okay. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that scene for what it was. Yeah. Because it really goes to show David's just, he's a genius, but he's a really simple guy. Yeah. He doesn't want a whole lot. He wants, you know, his wife and to make a decent living right. and the rest of it can sort itself out. He exactly. doesn't care. He'd rather, you know, find another way to save the world or something. Right. Um, Steve steals the helicopter mm-hmm. because he's going to El Toro to find Jasmine. Yeah, exactly. And after he takes off, you see the general, Nimziki, the president, um, basically a bunch of the the soldiers that are at Area 51. Right. And this is where they're launching the nuclear attack. Yeah, it's nuclear time. And at the very last second, I kind of wondered if mm-hmm. Whitmore was going to, like, you know, abandon that order. Right, right. Anything like that, but he doesn't. He nope. still deploy. Yep. And the nuke does Nothing. nothing. Well, because they have those shields and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's it didn't not going to do through. anything. And you see everybody just heartbroken. But Nimziki's right. like, maybe one of the other pilots will have more luck. Yeah, it's like, So no. he wants to drop another nuke over Houston. Right. And then that's whenever he calls it off and is like, no. Yeah, get everybody back Everybody needs to come it. back, yeah. Uh, it comes to Steve picking up Jasmine, because this is where, right before he gets there, mm-hmm. okay. they have that heart-to-heart you were talking about. Yeah, so basically, the first lady or whatever is, you know... Mary McConnell. I yeah. love that. I love that actress. Yeah, she's a good actress. Um, but yeah, they're just having a chat, basically, um, you know, like, oh, you know, was his daddy, a, you know, basically his daddy a soldier? Is this where he was stationed? Is this where he was stationed? He's like, well, 
it, you know, it's not his dad, but I was hoping he, you know, he'd be up for the job mm-hmm. type of thing. And I'm and a dancer. I'm a dancer. Oh, ballet. And she's like, no, exotic. And then the first lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, don't be. I'm not. Right. You know? And I love the fact that she's like, I didn't think you'd recognize me. Yeah. And she's like, well, I voted for the other guy. The guy. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I love that. So. Um, but, yeah. And after Steve picks them up, you find out first lady. Oh, she's not good. Help in time. She's yeah. not going to make it. Which I felt bad for the first lady. Talk about a slow and, like, painful death. Because you know she's not mm-hmm. doing well, like, that entire time. Yeah. I mean, you could tell. But, see, here's my thing. Why couldn't they at least try to operate? I mean, I I didn't take an anatomy class. I yeah, mean, but if the bleed is that slow, but if is it's it a in, situation of they just didn't have the blood to use for the surgery to keep her alive long enough to fix it? I guess. Are you talking about like whenever they get her back? Yeah, because oh, okay. like it's internal bleeding. If we got to her sooner, we could do something. Yeah. Why can't you do something now? It's it was probably too late. She probably bled too but, much internally. That or there was more than one site, like yeah. bleeding site. Maybe I don't know. It just yeah. kind of it bugged me when I was little and I didn't really understand oh, a lot okay. of what it meant. Okay, it's like, well, why not? Yeah. But even so, part of me says this is a base that is completely isolated. Mm-hmm. You need to have enough blood on hand to save somebody if something bad happens. Yeah, that's true. So where is it? Right. You know what I mean? Can I just say that the president took it fairly well that his wife died. Um, I mean, I know he, he had, had a lot to worry about. I know, but that was sad though. Whenever yeah. the little girl was like, "Oh, you know," his oh, mom, it, oh, yeah, I know. When she's like, "Oh, is mommy sleeping?" And he's like, "Yeah, honey. yeah." It's like, Damn. That still just kind of <laughs> stabs me in the heart a little bit. It's like, oh, baby, yeah. And can we just talk about the president's daughter? Yeah, she's just the most. She's cute as a button. Mm-hmm. She always was, and even as an adult, she's still pretty. Yeah. Okay. Which, like I and said, I know we got, we yeah. got stuff to talk about. We got, we got, she was in uh, Hope Floats also. She played, yes, she was. She played Sandra Bullock's daughter in Hope's Float, and see, Hope the, Floats. She's been doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. But the one where I saw her was where she did a guest spot on Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. Yeah. It was one of my favorite episodes I've ever seen. Yeah. Of that show. Anyway, so from here. They've already fired off the nuke and it failed. Mm. So now David has completely abandoned reason. He's drunk as a skunk and he's throwing stuff around because if they trash the planet enough, the aliens won't want it anymore. <laughs> so his dad sits down and tries to reason with the drug, right. which never usually goes yeah, well. Yeah, it doesn't go well. And he talks about how his relationship with God has suffered since David's mother has died. Mm-hmm. And get up off the floor, you're going to catch a cold. Yeah. And this is where Cornelius's pep talk saves the world. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Cornelius. Right? So this is where it actually doesn't jump another storyline. It stays kind of linear with right. this one. Dave is walking away going, Dad, you're a genius. And he wakes up the tech that's at the desk. Mm-hmm. He's like, get everybody back here. And then we jump into the plan. The give them a cold demo. Yep. So basically, we've got the soda, the soda pop uh, demo. Yeah, the can. The can. So he tells <laughs> he tells the one. What, what's the character's name? I don't know, but it's the bald one. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. He tells him to shoot the can. So he shoots. But he places it on the yeah ship, the yeah he places it on the ship. Tells mm-hmm. him, okay, shoot the can. So he shoots at the can. But the problem is, is that it ricochets off of the ship. 
Because it's got the shield. They right. turned on the shield. Yep. And so, of, of course, it freaks everybody out, which, yeah, somebody could have been shot, by mm-hmm. the way. I love David's uh, like, Jeff. my bad, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude. <laughs> right? Warning. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. So, then he goes to his computer, right? Hits a couple of buttons. Yep. Does this, you know, smart MIT thing mm-hmm. and tells him, you know, puts it back on the thing and tells him to do it again. And the yeah. guy's, like, very skeptical, like, really? Like. And the president's like, go for it. Yeah, do it. And so he shoots. This time it actually hits the can. And we find out that he figured that uh, David figured out basically a uh, virus. Mm-hmm. That he can input into like their computer or whatever. Like they have to get up. He's going to the mothership first. Yeah, he's got to go to the mothership, do the virus, and you know should be able to basically save the world. Exactly. Yes. Um, Go to the mothership, drop the virus, drop a bomb. Mm -hmm. You'll have a couple of minutes. I think he's no. The shields won't work. I think it was like thirty seconds. Or no, no, the shields was, are going to be down for a yeah, couple of minutes. Yeah, the shields will be down. They got 30 seconds to get away from the mothership. Exactly. So. So that's the plan. And then we have negative Nancy Nimzicki. Yeah. He's like, you want us to save the world with a window of only a few minutes? And the general's like, what do you got? Yeah, exactly. Your plan didn't exactly work with the nukes there. Sarah. Exactly. And then it goes to, you know, no one is qualified to fly this aircraft. We'll send this. Enter somehow. Somehow. And he volunteers. Yeah. Well, somehow he knows how to fly an alien aircraft. He knows how they maneuver. He's fought one in combat. Well, yeah, but still. Come on. Is what he says. Yeah. Then it turns into, we don't even know if it's capable of flying. Right. And so they release the clamps. Yeah. And it kind of shuts Nimziki up. He's got nothing else to say. (laughs) Yeah. And then he gets fired. He does get fired. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um... Is not throwing him out of the plane. No. Fired. But he still gets fired. Yep. So, they're calling everybody now. Well, now we they're like, yeah. They're like, we got a plan, and they use Morse code yep. to talk to all, you know the other countries. Yeah. So like, this get, is the plan. And we, we need a mini montage mm-hmm. of, of all these different countries mm-hmm. getting this Morse code. Um, and everybody's like, oh, you know, yeah, America's got a plan. Let's go. You know, let's go help and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it also turns out um, Baldwin, I guess that's just what we're going to call him now. I don't know what his character's name is. But he starts, you know, going around. It's like, okay, we need people that know how to fly. We need pilots. We need pilots. Mm-hmm. And so guess who uh, volunteers? Not Todd. Not Todd. <laughs> no, drunk, Russ. drunk Russell. Drunk Russell. I like it. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's like, I flew in Nam. And I love his, you know, I flew in Nam and I've been crop dusting. On a personal note, sir. Yeah. I was abducted by aliens, and now that, you know, I'm getting back in a plane, I won't let you down. Yeah. I wanted some vengeance. Yeah. And, and I, I know. They're totally yeah. eye rolling it. It's like, oh, shit. Here we I go. I think it's less of an eye roll and more of a, oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. this is what we got to work with? Mm-hmm. Um. And this is where they find out that it cuts back to David and Steve, and the generals are telling him, we've retrofitted this gear into the cockpit. Once the bomb drops, you have 30 seconds to get some distance. Right, right. Uh, we see the wedding. Mm-hmm. Steve marries Jasmine. Yep. Uh, we hear the speech. Yeah. The president's speech on the back of the truck with yep. the intercom. So good. 
This is our Independence Day. We will not go quietly into the night. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I, yeah. This was like my favorite movie when, I, when it oh, came I out. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just giving you crap. Oh, I know. And it's totally deserved. Yeah. Then you find out Whitmore's going up because, as it said in the beginning of the movie, he was a combat pilot. Right. So he's getting in a plane. Mm-hmm. He's not going to sit out, which... FYI, Secret Service laid down on the job because <laughs> no way would a president be allowed to do that. Did he even have Secret Service though at this point? I probably feel like not. he didn't. <laughs> probably there probably wasn't any left. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I saw anybody that looked like Secret Service. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve and David are saying their farewells to everybody. Uh, David gives his dad a Bible and a yarmulke. Um, Steve is promising fireworks to Dylan. Right. Cornelius gives David barf bags, and yep. they get their cigars. <laughs> yeah. And they basically gear up, get into the alien the craft. alien ship, and then it cuts for a second to Russell's cockpit. Right. He's got a picture of the kids. Yep. He literally pushes a button that's supposed to detonate. He doesn't know what it does. Yeah. He's just pushing buttons to see what happens. Exactly. And one of them was for one of the missiles. Yeah, it's like, you know... Rocket launch or something. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he fixes it. Yeah, somehow. And I love the line, I picked a hell of a day to quit drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Steve does not have a UFO's learner's permit. Mm-mm. So when he gets in initially and he tries to go forward, it shoots him backwards. Right. So he has to, like, flip-flop the picture. It's like, right. oh, okay, it's actually Some supposed to idiot. go this way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we find out from the general talking to some of the other like, soldiers that are there, mm-hmm. their cover's been blown. The aliens know where they are, and they're coming. Yep. So, Connie, now that David and everybody else is gone, she's kind of in that, that uh, command central. Right. And she's looking at Baldwin, and she's like, you know, what's going to happen when they get here? He's like, oh, we're fine. We're deep under the mountain. We'll have some cover. Mm. What about the people outside? Let's fuck them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, at this point, they're basically doing a mad scramble to get everybody inside and down underground where it's safe. We get to the mothership, mm-hmm. and as they're flying in, and I had missed this until I watched it this oh, time. Oh, really? They're in, preparing for the ground invasion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that's what was happening when they first went in. Right. So, they get docked, mm-hmm. close the blinds, because they don't want the <laughs> alien to see them. Yeah. And they upload the virus. Yep. So we do have to talk about the sort of that comic relief uh-huh. between David and Steve. Right. As they're flying to the mothership. Because mm-hmm. either David's panicking or Steve is panicking. Exactly. Somebody is. And it's like that nice com they just those two guys played those characters right. so individually well and mm-hmm. they mesh so well together. That's what made half the movie. That's for me. yeah, that's true. Um so where were we? Oh. The virus. Virus is uploaded. Yep. We cut back to the jets. Yeah. Because they're, they're coming all, for yep. the spaceship that's going above the, the Area 51. You're right. First missile is a bust. It hits the shield. Yeah, from the president. No, not from the president. It wasn't? Mm-mm. That oh. was from one, the other ones. The second one is from the president. And that one. And that one makes contact. See, I thought he did one at first... And then it didn't work, so that everybody started to back off and like leave. And he was and like, "I want another shot." I want another it. shot. So I think he, he did. Have. I think he was the only one who had shot at it. Okay. At first. Okay. So yeah, I think the first shot he did 
yeah, bounced off the shield or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, which was like a minute or two later, I guess at that point the shield was now down. Yeah, the virus had time to get to the other ships. Yep. So now this starts another dogfight, but this time it's an even playing ground. It is. So, yeah. Yeah. So now we're getting all of our, everybody's getting their shots in, but at the same time all these alien planes or whatever are coming out. Exactly, and they still haven't brought the ship down down. yet. So, Steve and Dave are back on the mothership, and they're Mm -hmm. still docked. They're stuck. They can't move. Yeah. The aliens open the blinds. Mm Mm-hmm. And now (laughs) it's a situation where they're ducked down, hiding behind the seats. Right. (laughs) Trying to figure out what to do. Yep. And it cuts to Cornelius, because, of course, with the attack going on, on the surface level, everybody below ground is, like, freaking out. Yeah. Well, that's just it. So, everything, because we missed that one part, where, mm-hmm. so now, like you said, the ground attack is happening, so everybody is now rushing to get down below. Yeah. So, yeah, now everybody is down below, and, yeah. You see, it kind of happens in sequence, because you see, like, the last of the people that are going to make it, make it. Mm-hmm. Anyone who doesn't make it is stuck outside right. where the fighting is happening. Like I said, fuck you. And, right. You know, <laughs> sucks for you. Uh, we see Cornelius in kind of his prayer circle with a bunch of other people and the kids. You and see him, that one dick. You see him Dicky sit down. He's like, I'm not Jewish. It's like, well, we can't all be perfect. Is right. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, and then you see Dylan... And the president's daughter, daughter. Mia, yeah. I think. And the dog, too. Is. And the dog. No, her name's Patricia, is the name the of the girls? daughter. The little Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, you know, the little boy, Dylan's like, are you scared? And she nods. He's like, me too. And me then too. they hug. Yeah, that's so sweet. So sweet. Okay. Um, suddenly, the aliens are bringing out their big gun. Mm-hmm. The big blue bug zapper thing. Yep. Okay. So. And... The president's like, take it out. And that one pilot's like, I'm on it. And then he gets blown to bits. So it's like, never mind. Yeah. And then he's well, this point, desperately trying to find someone who's got a missile left. Right. Because basically everybody's out of missiles. Yeah, because they've been fighting the whole time. Right. Well, Russell to the rescue. Russ to the rescue. He has one last missile. And you see that Miguel has managed to sneak in yeah. to Command Central. Yep. So he's listening to all of this. Right. And they're like, pilot, identify yourself. And he's like, Russell K, sir. And he says something else. And then you hear Eagle Funny, funny, Eagle 20, <laughs> Fox 2, but there's a malfunction. Yeah. The missile won't release. Exactly. Probably because he messed it up before. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's what I think happened. Is he me- it's probably the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. See, you learn yeah. something new every time exactly. you watch something. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But then you find he sees that the missile's not coming loose. Right. The aliens are going to take out everybody. Exactly. So he drives his plane up into the... Blue light. Basically the barrel of the gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the central of the, the ship or whatever. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, what, he's, is it? He, what does he say? Hello, boys, I'm back. Back, yep. But before that, he was like, tell my family I love, I love them very him. much. Yep. And, of course, Miguel can hear it. Mm-hmm. And he, he runs it. up and he's trying, you know, Dad, you know, yeah. trying to talk into the mic. And they, you know, pull Basically him back. Basically don't let him. And that used to bug me. Yeah. But then I was, I actually mentioned it to my dad. And he's like, well, if you think about it, it's one man making the sacrifice nice. versus yeah. the lives of everybody else. And he's making the sacrifice, but the son can talk him out of it. I like it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's what he does, though. He sacrifices himself for everybody else. And he lights those bitches up. Yep, the he whole, does. And 
all it takes is one plane in that gun barrel, and I guess mm-hmm. it forces all that energy back into the ship, because the whole ship just burns. But here's what I always wondered, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, not so much the Area 51 thing, because right. once that ship goes, all the other ones like in all the cities start to go, right? No, it's, they have to, as soon as they, they figure out what brought oh, the ship okay. down, they're back on the Morse code, and they're doing the tappy-tappy thing. But see, whenever other people take out those other ships, couldn't that kill other people that are maybe below the ship? It's possible. That would suck. Well, they don't show you that part, because it's a movie. I know. And they want to be a happy ending. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you're living your, you know, you're living your life, and then you if, get crushed by the, the spaceship. the African version of Tiffany is standing underneath the ship, natural selection. I guess. <laughs> If she hadn't had the common sense to run. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, so they take out the seeing, ship. Yeah, we're seeing... Yeah, all the ships are being taken out. Almost. It actually cuts back to Steve and Dave first. Because they're like, okay, yeah. we're stuck. We're not going anywhere. Yep. They decide they're going to drop the bomb and just ride it out. Yep. And they light that's up their cigars. <laughs> yep. They get back. I love the fact that they get back in the driver's seat and they're like, "Hey, jerks, how's it going?" Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of talking smack to the aliens. Drop the bomb. Well, and it's like the bomb gets like stuck though. It goes through the yeah. little center console alien thing, right. which means the docking stuff. Yeah. Flips off. Right. And then it goes through a couple of other things before it kind of comes to a stop. That's just it, though. It comes to a stop. It doesn't like just explode. No, because like, it has thirty think. seconds. Yeah. So, once they realize they're loose, they fly into a panic, mm-hmm. and they do the mad dash to get the hell out of there. Right. Because they have 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Um, you see this massive chase throughout the interior of the mothership, and you mm-hmm. see them make it out the door, yeah. and then the nuke goes off. Right. And they're caught in the blast wave. Right. And at first, they almost make it look like, okay, did they make it? Did they not, not make it? it? And it just kind of leaves you there. Yeah. And that's when we cut to the celebrations around the world that you're talking about. Yeah. They're bringing these ships down yeah. in all the other countries, whatever they were told right. was working. Right. All of that stuff. And we find out there's no word from Steve and Dave. They lost contact. Right. They haven't been able to raise it. But wait. There's more. <laughs> there's more. Yeah. Um, well, and I, one thing I wanted to point out, though, too. Mm-hmm. So after Russell's, you know, sacrifices himself, everybody is like, yeah, you know, they're cheering and stuff like right. that. And, like, Baldwin, or whatever the hell his name is, right, is like, you know, you should be proud of your dad, you know, son. He's a hero type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I am. And I'm thinking to myself, if it were me, it's like, dude, my dad, like, just died, like, five seconds ago. But there is that kind of stage of denial when you first find out about something like that. I know. But it's kind of like, you know, give me some time. Give me a second. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he literally just died. Maybe at least, if you're going to come up and talk to me, at least bring, like, a cup of tea or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay. Anyway. So, so, yeah, at this point, we don't know if, uh, you know, what's, if Hiller and, um, Lev- yeah, if, if they've made it yet. Mm-hmm. So. So, and then there's, but wait, there's more. Yeah. And it turns <laughs> out, they find them on the radar, they yep. drive out in the Jeep, and they're alive. They are, yeah. David is less uptight, he's smoking cigars, he's right. just kind of riding the adrenaline. And they see their women. Exactly. All is yeah. right with the world. Steve's like, didn't I promise you fireworks? Yeah, is what he tells Dylan. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of cuts out. Yeah. So the movie holds up. 
Oh, it does. It was just done really, really well. It holds up. It does, yeah. So I know you're dying. I know you have facts back there. I know. There. I gotta... So, yeah, we got facts, because there was a lot of stuff <laughs> going on in this movie. Yeah. Okay, you know whenever the part, whenever Will Smith is dragging the alien, and yeah. he's like, what the hell is that smell, is what he says. Mm-hmm. So that was unscripted. I love um, it. Because, let's see, it's it was filmed on the salt flats near Great Salt Lake in Utah, and apparently it's home to tiny crustaceans called brine shrimp. Uh, when they die, the bodies sink to the bottom of the lake, which isn't very deep, and decompose. Uh, when the wind kicks up just Whoa. right, yeah, when the wind <laughs> kicks up just right, the bottom mud is disturbed, and the smell of millions of decaying brine shrimp can be very, very bad. Apparently, nobody warned Will Smith about that. <laughs> so. Aw, poor Mr. Smith. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got, you know, some other stuff, so. Uh, the president's speech was filmed on August 6, 1995, in front of an old airplane hangar that once housed the Enola Gay, uh, which dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima exactly 50 years earlier on August 6, 1945. Okay. Um, Ironic. Right? Let's see. Most of the dialogue between Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch uh, and also Will Smith was improvised. Believable. Mm-hmm. That's kind of about it. Okay. Well, let's go over some of the actors that took spotlight in this film. Of course, right. Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Judd Hirsch, Mary McDonald, Randy Quaid. Oh, speaking of Mary McDonald, I just read this. So she accepted her role immediately after her agent pitched the film by simply saying, it's about 15-mile-wide spaceships. She was she like, was like I'm in. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome because she also took on this really big role in Battlestar Galactica, too. Oh, okay. Like, what, 15 years later? Oh, okay. That was pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, Randy Quaid. Right. I looked him up as I was going through. Because, you know, yeah. me, I check on all the cast. He looks like the hobo who would stab you in an alley. Oh, for sure. Like, he does not look well. I'm kind of worried about the guy. You should be. Because, like I said, he and his wife got busted a couple of years ago. Like, for squatting, squatting in some house. Yeah. Um, we also had Margaret Collins. She played Connie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Baldwin, yeah. which is the Baldwin we've been talking about the whole time. <laughs> Mae Whitman, of course, played Patricia. And mm-hmm. then uh, James Duvall played Miguel. Okay. I've seen him in other things, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Okay. I was looking these people up. First off, Mae Whitman mm-hmm. has over 150 projects to I her know. name on IMDb. Yep. She has not been stagnant. No. She has been all over the place. Tons of voiceover work. Right. Lots of TV spots. She was in that show you liked. She was in, uh, yeah, Parenthood. And uh-huh. currently she's on Good Girls. So. Oh, I know who you're talking about yeah. now. She's blonde now. Yeah. Okay, that's what threw me for a minute. Yeah. And James Duvall, who I swear I've seen in something else, but I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. He's got 100, over 130 projects under his belt. Nice. So, you know, and then everybody else pretty much has a name for themselves already. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, as I was looking stuff up, there was an interview that Will Smith did a couple of years after this movie. And he actually said that this film is what made him go from, hey, Will on the red carpet Mm -hmm. to Mr. Smith. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it, too. Yeah. Um, This really just, this movie is one of those movies that... Almost iconic. Mm-hmm. 23 years old. Yeah. So it's 23-year-old visual effects that were highly, like, 
I would have expected most of them to be computer-generated special effects. Right. They're not. Right. They're on-camera special effects, which means you're making props, you're making the alien yeah. thing, yeah. you're using little animatronics, like, <laughs> craziness. Right. Um, I mean, this movie's 23 years old. I know. It makes me feel old as fuck. Right? <laughs> we were, what, like 11 when yeah, this thing came out? Yeah, we would have been 11. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually had... A $75 million budget. Right. Which I can see with everything that they did yeah. and everything they destroyed to make this movie. Right. It brought in over $817 million mm-hmm. in the box office. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they got their money back on their investments. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, that's all I've got. What do you got? That's basically it. Um, do you have an announcement to make? Yes, but first let's rate this movie. Oh, oh. Rotten Tomatoes. We forgot. Oh, Okay. It's pretty obvious most of this movie's got a decent score. I was surprised there's only a 64% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? But the audience meter's at 75%, which I still feel like is low. Yeah, that is kind of low. So, give it a rating, guys. Yeah, I don't (laughs) know. Because this movie's one of the best movies, I think. Yeah. Um, What are we going to use to rate this one? Mm. Shall we use cigars? Shall we use... E.T. Ventriloquist, shall we yeah, right? use dead jimmies? No, don't what do you use want? dead jimmies? Oh my god, no. What do you think? Um, We could use cigars, why not? Or do you want to use blown up spaceships? That's fine. Okay, so how many blown up spaceships do you give this movie? I'll give it a four out of five. I'll give it a four and a half out of five. I still okay. just really like this movie. Alright. Okay. So that is the official end of season one. Yep. We are done until, what, you guys are coming back in September? August. August, okay. So. Unfortunately, yep. it will not be with me. Yeah. Um, I just don't have the time to dedicate to this thing anymore, but I've had a blast the right? whole season. Yep. And I'm going to miss it. I know. All right. I'm going to miss you too. So who's taking my spot? Okay, so my husband, who also does the editing, will be taking the spot. Um, we should be back on uh, Tuesday, August 6th, and what we're going to do is we're going to do, um, we're going to record four episodes, and we'll send those out on August 6th for you guys to binge listen to and catch mm-hmm. up, and then from there, we'll be back every Tuesday after that with a new episode. So, Sweet. Yeah. And you guys are changing a bunch of stuff, like how you pick movies, mm-hmm. how you pick themes. Yep. You guys so, are going to have a blast. Yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, you know, hopefully you guys will still give us a listen. Um, and rate and review and everything for us. Yep. And um, so, yeah, I, I think the movie that we'll start, we're going to do uh, some vacation-type movies mm-hmm. um, for the four movies that we're going to release. So probably starting with National Lampoon's Vacation, and then we'll have mm-hmm. three other movies. All about also, traveling. Yeah, so it'll be fun. <laughs> so, All right, guys. Well, one last time signing off, I'm Nikki. Yep, and I'm Laura. And this has been Breakdown from the Couch Season 1. Yeah. All right, bye, guys.